0: Well, we don't have a long tonight, but the clock has stopped, so good. <laughs> hey, if you've got a Bible, real quick, I want to go to John chapter 1, Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 1, and um, I want to speak about our relationship with the Bible. Can we go there? Hmm. I, w- I don't want to embarrass Joel, but uh, I was, uh... <laughs> that means I'm about to embarrass Joel. It's my new hobby so we we were having a conversation with Joelle the other day about finding a wife (laughs) and uh, And, uh, I I was actually talking about a a series I recorded years ago on some tests to actually find out if this is the right person you're dating one of them was uh, see how this like if it's a this is for a girl try, trying to figure out if it's the right guy. See how he treats his mother? <laughs> yeah. That should really good. Or if it's, if it's a girl, see how she treats her father. But, uh, you know, here's my point in saying this. It's interesting. You can learn things by watching other people's relationships. Have you ever looked at somebody else's relationship with somebody else and been jealous of it? No. Okay. And uh, here's where I'm going with this. I I like watching. I like learning from other people's relationship with God. I think we can emulate that at times or be inspired by it or uh, be challenged by it. And uh, does that make sense? Have you ever looked at somebody else and thought they... I, I actually love watching people and saying, Lord, what are you to that person? What do they know about you that I don't know about you? What revelation have they got about you that I don't have? Does that make sense? And I think if we see somebody else walking in a revelation with God, we can have it. God wants us to be jealous. Not jealous like that, but like see something somebody else has with God and say, Lord, I want to know you like that too. And I I actually like watching people's relationship. With the Bible. It's really what I want to talk about briefly this evening. <clears throat> What's your relationship with the Bible? Have you ever thought about those two words together? Relationship and the Bible? Like, do we actually have a relationship? Could it be that it's God tonight wants you to start a new relationship with his word? Come on, just pull them with me for a sec. What, what is the word of God? Who or what is the Word of God? Any answers? Jesus? What else? Yeah, I mean, anyway, that's like what it does for us. But I, I mean, at a really basic level. When we say the Word of God, what do we, we mean Jesus, correct? Is the Bible the Word of God? Yes. I mean, not every church would have. You'll get people who say, well, the Bible contains the Word of God. That, that's cute, but those people can never quite define which part is the Word of God and which part... Of, that, that's like a get-out that says, anything I don't like, I'll just rip a chunk out of. But I, I would say the Bible is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. I mean, at, at a practical level, every time God speaks, that's the Word of God. Agreed? If tonight God says, boo, that was the Word of God. Anytime God, like, speaks, let's like, say, a prophetic word that's true A prophetic word, and if, it's, if it was 100% God, that would be the word of God. It's not, And I, I believe God wants us to have a relationship with his word that is, that is powerful, that is glorious, that is romantic, if I could say that way. Um, God, the only way we can actually really know God is through his word. We can experience God, we can feel God, we can learn through the things we walk through. But if you, weigh, if you will, the baseline reality for knowing God is His Word. I, uh, when I was young, I read lots of books. Well, Smith Wigglesworth never wrote a book, but books about Smith Wigglesworth. Anybody ever read any biographies of him? He was an amazing guy. <clears throat> and one thing I really loved was his relationship with the Bible. His relationship with the Word of God. And I remember it's like a young man looking at that going, Lord, I want to I wanna like treat your Word like that guy does. Yeah? So Jesus is the Word. The Bible is the Word. I'd also suggest to you, God's Word is a, is a living thing. It's a little bit hard for us to grasp in a way, but God's Word isn't just... We use words to convey information, sometimes clumsily. I am famous for saying to people, I refuse to have conversations by text message. <laughs> it's about the worst thing you can do on planet Earth. And it's funny how people struggle with that. Like, but I know exactly what I mean when I write. Like, yeah, but I don't. And there's no heart in it whatsoever. And it's like, it's like two people going yow, yow, completely missing each other when they talk. But when God speaks, God is in his word. His word isn't just information. It literally is like a visitation of God. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And God, God's word is, God breathed. So, so real quick tonight, I want to I challenge you. What's your relationship with... Let's, let's, let's start here. What's your relationship with the Bible? Here's a question. Is it possible to have a a really glorious relationship with Jesus, but not have a glorious relationship with the Bible? If Jesus is the Word of God, that gets a little dodgy really quickly. And I I think God wants to upgrade our relationship with Him. I think He wants to take it to the place where literally, when we open this book, it's God speaking to me now. It's like God is literally poking His finger through the through time and space and speaking right now? Do you remember the story of, uh, it's in the book of Daniel, but about Belshazzar's feast? All these guys are having a feast and they decide they're going to take some of the, um, the cups and the jewelry and the plates that were in the temple and bring them out and they're going to kind of party with the things that belong to God. And in the middle of this feast, God leans off his throne and sticks his finger through space and time and starts writing on the wall. Can you just imagine if a finger appeared right now on the wall and started writing? Graham, don't speak for too long. Warner is hungry. <laughs> come on, that's, I think that's literally what it is when God speaks to us through his word. And I actually think the Lord wants us to kind of come alive to that, be aware of that. Because the danger is if we sort of look at this as if it's a book about God. Here's here's a bunch of, here's a collection of books that men thousands of years ago wrote about God. Sure, there's some things we can learn, but it's basically information. That's what we'll get. But I think when we take a step of faith and say, God, I want to hear you speak to me now. That's what we'll get as well. I think when we come you know, David said in Psalm 119, uh, Lord, open my eyes that I would behold wondrous things from your word. And my, my real challenge to you today is to challenge yourself and say, do we really have that relationship with this is God speaking to us right now? Come on, imagine tonight if um, I have an iPad here somewhere. Where's my iPad gone? It was weighing my microphone down, but... Uh, now, uh, imagine if, uh, I don't think anybody in this room, apart from Leah and myself, have met Joelle's mother. She's probably asleep right now because it's six hours ahead. But uh, imagine right now we, we FaceTimed or Skyped or whatever, uh, Elvira, Joelle's mom. You've never seen her, and she speaks English. So, so right now, you're looking at this device, and I fire it up, and suddenly you're speaking to this lady in France. In a different time zone, slightly different language, but you're actually... Do you know what would happen real soon? You begin to forget that you're looking at a device and how small it is and how... You actually start speaking to a real person, a real living, breathing person. You forget about the support system and you begin having a conversation. And I think that's what God wants us to do with his word. This has got to stop being a book. This has got to be a wardrobe, and like the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Come on, God wants you to step into the wardrobe and keep going and push past the, the furry coats and the coat hangers and just keep walking. God wants this to be, come on, like a picture. I, I love C.S. Lewis. You know, like the, When I was young, I always used to like the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. I just liked the picture on the front. We're like, they're looking at a picture of a boat, and then water starts pouring in, and it's like they get sucked into the picture, and then they're swimming. And Come on, that, that's how God wants us to treat his word. When we read a verse that's like John 15, 9, Jesus says, As the Father has always loved me, so I will always love you. Continue in my love. God wants us to read that and then walk through it. And not end up with like, yeah, Father loves Jesus, amen, that makes sense. I, I remember that one. Not like, like we're reading some algebra book. God wants you to swim in his love. When he says, I'm the Lord, your healer, he wants you to meet the healer. When he says, I am your savior, he wants you to act upon that word and activate that word. So, I want to get real practical tonight, but my, my challenge with you is, what's your relationship like with the word of God? Because the Word of God is God speaking, it's Jesus, and it's the Bible. And we shouldn't differentiate between the two. The Bible should be an encounter with God. And if you will, real quick, I'd like to give you five ways of reading the Bible that I think all of us should kind of bake into our life so that we we learn to know God's Word well. How long do we have? I can do this real quick. Five ways. Number one, just read the Bible. Just read it. Can I say it gets really weird at times when you begin to develop a relationship with the Bible where you pick your favorite verses? I think I know people at times, I doubt whether they've read any book in the Bible, but they've got like a collection of verses they really like. It's like they've got about 30 or 40 verses that they really like and they've corralled them together and it's like you're reading First Graham or Second Leah or Third Joel or Fourth Warner or whatever, and uh, just read the Bible. I, I actually think the Bible, you know, I think there's a reason the books in here. God wants you to read them. Some of those epistles, Paul, just read them like brr. Let them, let them pull and push you. Let them filter like water that comes through and just goes through the rocks and the plants and the, all of the natural filtration, if you will. I think Christians get weird when they don't let God's word just filter all of our thoughts out. Don't just read the verses you like, the verses how God loves you and you're his favorite. You are, but amen. Read the verses that make you go, ouch. Honestly, I hear some people's theology, and I wonder if they read the same New Testament do. The Bible talks about knowing the goodness and the severity of God. And if all you ever do is talk about the goodness, you get a little bit weird. And if all you ever do is talk about the severity of God, you get a little bit weird. Jesus comes full of grace and truth. And we need both, don't we? Come on, you guys. So, can I, I just encourage you, read the Bible. Just read it through. Read, brrr, Read the bits you don't understand. You know, one thing I learned years ago, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Agreed? But faith doesn't just come from the verses about faith. Faith comes from reading everything. Faith comes from reading the bits you don't understand. Come on, here's a challenge. I, I've been studying. I'll talk about that in a moment. I've been studying the end times and revelation and all those things. I used to avoid that like the plague for years. Does anybody else do that? Like, not my thing. I used to be the pan-trib guy. You know, it'll all pan out in the end. Ba-dum-tsh. Terrible 70s joke. And... Um, I actually decided, it says at the beginning of of Revelation, that you'll be blessed if you read this book. I decided I was going to be blessed. It doesn't say you'll be blessed if you understand this book. (laughs) It says you'll be blessed if you read it. And I I think faith comes when you read things even you don't necessarily like or you don't understand. Faith comes. So come on, number one, read the Bible. Number two, have a plan. Let me give you real quick my plan for reading. I've, I've done this for years now, and it really works for me. I have a, a five-step way of reading the Bible. I'm nearly Not every day, but about five days a week I do this. I divide the Bible into five different areas, and I have this priority list. And if I have only a few moments, I read kind of area number one. If I have enough time, area one and two. If I have enough time, one, two, three. If I have enough time, four and five. For me, number one is the Gospels. I always start with Jesus. So every, every day, pretty much, except Sundays, I just, I'll be reading through the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John go back to the beginning. And I'm always cycling through the Gospels. I always want to put most attention on Jesus. When I've done that, number two, I just cycle through the epistles, all the way from Romans to Revelation. And when I reach the end of Revelation, I'll go back to Romans and just keep, and I, I've got this like, little cycle of the Gospels going on, always. I've got the cycles, I'm reading Colossians right now, of where I'm reading through and, and I'm finding out who I am in Jesus. Number three, I'll just cycle through the, I call them the wisdom books. You know, Proverbs, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, those, poetry, wisdom, because I'm, I'm meeting the heart of God and I'll read through those and start again, go back to the beginning, read those. Number four, I'll read through the—I call them the history books. You know, Israel, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Pentateuch, First and Second Samuel, Kings, Chronicles—the history books. Lastly, I'll read through the prophets in the Old Testament. But I'll—I'll I'll always be kind of cycling through those bits. Here's my point, guys: have your own plan. Be strategic. Have your way of reading through the Bible. Key number three, study the Bible. What do we do when we study? We study means we we choose a word or a theme or an idea or a person or a concept and we spend time seeing how all, like as it were, connecting the dots, seeing how all those things fit together. I've been studying the end times for about six months now. I feel like I'm only just beginning, if I'm honest. But I, I want to keep reading that. I want to read it like I've never read it before. At the moment, I'm I'm not even looking for answers. I'm looking for questions. I've assembled about 20 questions I'm asking. I like confusing my friends by asking them questions about, like, how do you see this? What do you think about that? Where does the Bible say this? Come on, have you ever heard about a seven-year tribulation? Can anybody give me one verse that says that in the Bible? One, half a verse I'll take. Does anybody know where it comes from? I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not trying to get into that. My point is so often we've accepted things without even thinking about them. But here's my, my encouragement to you. Probably once, twice, three times a year, study something in the Bible. Ask God what you should really know, what you want to learn and study and then you know, connect all the dots. Read some books that other good people have read about this and give yourself permission to go and really like, examine some things at depth. Come on, number four, nearly done, only five. Number four, give yourself permission, this is really great, to read just one verse for months. There was a season in my life where I, it's like I felt I was dyslexic. Every time I opened the Bible, it's like God wouldn't let me read it. I would look at it and think, am I reading this? up? It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. And there was like a few little verses that God would allow me to read. And I, I think there are some seasons God wants to give you one verse or maybe two or three verses and have you reading them again and again and again and again and again. And at times we're like, God, I've, God, I've read this 10,000 times. And he's like, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Keep going. Keep pulling on it. Keep reading it. Keep exploring. Keep digging for the gold. Keep saying it to yourself. Hmm. Let me ask you a question. I, I was thinking of this this morning. Has anybody here ever, other books you read when you were younger that you've come back later in life and read? Anybody here? Yeah. I have. I love going back. I, there was a season in my life when I was a teenager, I read a bunch of books. And every decade, I go back and reread them now. It's scary how somebody breaks into my study and rewrites the books. How they add things that weren't there or I change, or I grow. And I, I think there are, the books haven't changed. i changed. Or well, the books haven't changed, but they spoke about something that I hadn't walked through, and it went, woo over my head. And yet we come back and we read it again, and like, it. Oh, oh, yeah, right, that's what that guy was talking about. That's what that lady was talking about. We read with different eyes, So come on, I want to suggest, give yourself permission at times to read verses again and again and again and again and again. Have verses that you own. One of my favorite verses is John 14 verse 20. It says, in that day you will know that I am in the Father, that you are in me, and that I am in you. I have never read that verse without going, whoa, far out. Yeah. I've never read that verse without thinking I don't completely understand it. I've never read that verse without thinking God's pulling me in deeper into something. Come on. What, what, what are the verses, God? Do you know, I think there are verses God gives us. The, 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 they become like real estate. They're like we, they belong to us in a way. And I, I encourage you, have those verses. You just Sometimes you don't have to read every book in the Bible. Come and sit in them and read and read and read and read and read and read and read. And read. Yeah? Come on. Number five, really simple, but uh, this, is real, this really changed my life years ago when somebody said, I remember being in London years ago, late 80s, when this guy from Canada said this to me, and it really changed my life. Read the Bible out loud. The Bible is voice-activated. I have a, I have a, an MP3 I once made. It's not very big, but it's of several different people reading the same Bible verse. It's amazing how you hear different things when different people read verses. Can I, can I suggest to you, I think your whole life with the Bible could be changed when you read it out loud. Come on, be honest. Have you ever read the Bible and you find yourself going like, I don't get any of this. It's just like double talk or. Try, try reading it. It was meant. Do you know songs weren't made to be read? They were made to be sung. There, are there some poetry that if you actually read it, you'll suddenly realize the rhythm and the cadence and the, the design, as it were, behind what was written. I think God's Word, by and large, was meant to be read out loud. And I think when we read it out loud, something happens in us. Faith comes by, literally, by hearing and there's something that happens when we speak God's word that it will come alive to us. Yeah. Mm, come on. Nearly done here. But um, I encourage you, get a Bible you can write all over. You can scribble and ask questions. If your Bible is so precious or holy you can't write in it, get another one. Circle it. Write. Ask questions. Go ha. Huh? You know, underline things that God, make it yours. Yeah. I, I just encourage you as well, develop great habits. Get in a really nice place every day and read your Bible if, if possible. You don't have to, but if you can, do that. Create good, get a good cup of coffee. Do I get a witness? I mean, get, get, get in that place where you can be there with God. Get a journal, get a notepad and a pen. Come with expectation to God's Word. And be asking him questions and meeting him. Come and say, God, I want to hear from you today as I read your word, and I believe we will. Yeah, come on. So I I want us to pray as we close today that, that prayer of David, God, open my eyes that I may behold amazing things in your word. We've been speaking for a few weeks here about disciplines, and I think well, we're going to do worship next week, but I, I want to finish with that. One of the greatest daily disciplines, the things we can bake into our life, is fellowshipping with the living Word of God. So let's pray together. Lord, we just thank You. Lord, I thank You for the Word of God. Lord, I just thank You. I just want to honor You, Lord, for, your, for the Bible, for those who sacrificed that we would have the freedom to read this book. Thank You, Lord, for... For William Tyndale's who were burned at the stake, that we might have this book. Thank you for translators. Thank you for people who paid the price. And Lord, I I pray that we'll begin or continue or deepen a relationship with your word that is transformational. Lord, I pray it wouldn't be dead literature. It wouldn't be information. It would be an invitation. It would be the wardrobe. the place of encounter with you. Lord, I thank you that God has spoken sundry and diverse times